Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. So this week, I want to talk to you about transitioning out of the strip club into like, I guess, the real world. Um, This is a topic that comes up a lot, actually, not only with civilians to strippers, but amongst strippers themselves. Working in a strip club can be a fantastic life, but it can also be a very demanding life mentally and emotionally. And there's a lot of talk about strippers having a shelf life with what they do. While I agree with that to some degree, I also disagree with that. I think that there's this idea that you have to maintain youth or be youthful in order to be a stripper. I don't, that's not necessarily true. Uh, I think the main reason why strippers age out or transition out is because A, it's very physically demanding on our bodies and B, we just want to see what else we're capable of. Just like anybody in any profession that does anything, after a while you just kind of get bored and you want to challenge yourself with something new. Um, So, and there are some dancers that I think inherently believe because of what the patriarch kind of pushes on us through society's rules that you need to maintain your youth and beauty in order to be a dancer. Um, I think that's really unfair to place those standards on women, especially dancers when, you know, it's quite possible to be beautiful inside and out, no matter what your age. And unfortunately there are discrimination tactics within hiring, um, in strip clubs. And a lot of times, you know, ageism definitely is a factor, but you know, MILFs are a thing and they wouldn't have so many MILF options on porn websites if people didn't actually like attractive older women. So, you know, we want to talk a little bit today and I'll get into this more with the amazing guests that we have about what it's like transitioning from being a stripper into like the real world, into living more of a civilian type of life. So without further ado, I would like to introduce our beautiful, amazing guest who's also a dear friend of mine, Megan Rippey. Thank you. Hi. So happy to be here. Yes. Yes, queen. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. <laughs> um, what What is going on in your world right now, Megan? Because since we're talking about transitioning, I mean, you're doing like a million freaking things outside of the strip club. What do you have going on right now? Yeah, I'm trying. Um, so with the new year, um, I uh, sort of... Um, you know, I was going back through my archives and sort of looking at not only the year in review, but the last decade in review. Oh, really? And that was like really fun for me to see kind of like where I was 10 years ago. Sure. Because like it feels like so long ago, but then it's it's not, you know? Yeah. But like I actually so that that's when I realized that I started dancing at the club that I'm still dancing at now 10 years ago. Right. Um, so that was like, you know, I had this moment like, oh, my God, like that is a number, you know, like 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. And like it's not actually my 10 year anniversary. Like that'll be in October. So it's like so it's this but this year. is my 10th year. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And I'm um, your 10th year. Yes. Gotcha. 
So, yeah. So that made me think about my life and mm-hmm. um, my sort of career and my my various careers, I guess. And uh, and like what's next. And um, yeah. So now I'm at this time, you know, it's it's it, it was just the new year. So I'm kind of getting used to this uh, this new feeling of. Of reevaluating and seeing what the next 10 years are, what what they look like. Okay. Yeah. So when you got into stripping, did you imagine you would be doing it for this long? I think I thought that I would be doing it up until this long. Like I thought like, I thought like maybe I'll do it for 10 years, like at the most, at the most, but I'm like super happy. Like, you know, I'm not like dying to get out. Like I, 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 I recognize like that I have other talents and I have other things that I want to do and I have like other things in my life that I want to do and give my attention to. Right. But it's not I'm not like I'm not in like dire, dire need of like getting out of the industry, you know, yeah. like not like how I thought, like I thought like 10 years would go by and I'd be like, oh, man, why am I still here? Yeah. Yeah. So how long? Because so you've been. um you know, you've been working at Jumbo's Clown Room for almost about 10 years now, yeah. which is how we know each other. And but you were working somewhere else before that. So how long total have you been a stripper? So it's been so in February, it'll be 11 years. OK. Yeah. OK. So you were somewhere else for just a short time. Mm-hmm. So when you started stripping, you were like 10 years at the most. Why did you give yourself that limitation? Can you remember? I think it was because I just visualize, like I had a picture in my head of like who I would be at that time. Mm. Like, you, you know, when you're like 20 years old and you like picture yourself at 30 and it's like a woman that doesn't even look like you. At least that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just visualized this like woman that yes, I would yes. never recognize. I think I found it. I found it. I really yeah. had to search. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I found that. I I remember what I thought. Yeah, okay. yeah. And even now, like when I think of myself at, at fifty, I'm like, whoever that is. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, I know. Or for, you know, know, like whatever yeah. age, it's like it's almost this like other, like someone else is playing me. Like it's some other actress. Maybe they are playing me. Yeah, yeah. right. But it's like, but it's like, I just didn't think that I would actually now be. Um super like confident and in the best shape of my life mm-hmm. and you know like I, yeah. I didn't picture that at all I I, okay. I I pictured like oh when I'm like 30 I'll be like a mom already you know like I'll, oh, I just had boy. these like ideas I know <laughs> do you still want to be a mom I do so okay. that's that's part of like what does the next transition look like because that's just some that's like an unavoidable you know, there will be at the very least, there will be a break from dancing. You know what I mean? So it's like that that's like the unavoidable right. transition that is coming at some point. But I don't. Well, you have to stop dancing for at least two months when you're when you get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, it's like probably longer. Probably longer. <laughs> but shit, you know, I've seen people strip. I know. Up until like five, six months of pregnancy. I know. You I've know, depending on where you work, you I've know. Seen it too. I mean, whatever. We're women and we have jobs. So yeah, whatever. But yeah. Um, wow. So do you feel like your idea of who's like 
if you should be stripping at this particular time in life versus later in life, do you think that's kind of changed over time? Like, do you think that you have a different idea of what a stripper looks like or should be like from when you started till now? Yeah, I think I do. I think, I think that it's like all the women in my life now who are beautiful inside and out and like confident and strong both inside and out like all of those women are older than like what I originally thought like a stripper was right you know like they're in their 30s and 40s Mm -hmm. like those are the strong beautiful like stunning drop dead gorgeous women like you know, and then you have these like baby strippers and like they're cute, you know, but like <laughs> yeah. that's not who I picture anymore. I picture right. these like badass, strong women who have been doing this for a long time and just are like graceful and smooth and like clever and mm-hmm. just and funny and like, you know, they rock my world. But they're but they're like we've all <laughs> we're all older now, but like they're still like the hot women that, right. that I know in stripping. So yeah, I definitely feel like my 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 idea of that has definitely changed. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I, I think same for me, you know, when I was younger, my God, I was so filled with ego and so so ingrained in the patriarchy, even though I thought I was free, mm-hmm. you know, like that I was that I had a a more like I just thought I was smarter than everyone else and that that goes hand in hand with my ego and when I look back on the things that I used to say like first of all like I didn't want to be called a stripper back in the early 2000s I wanted to be called an exotic dancer that's what I did too that was really important to me yeah um and now what people say to me like oh um oh is it okay to call you a stripper is that the right term I'm like yes bitch that's what I am yeah yeah. yes call me a stripper I'm even still getting (laughs) used to it 11 years in being called a stripper yeah yeah I've always like from the beginning like I've always and like as if there's like any definition that's like like as if there's a difference but I, but I always there called isn't. myself an exotic dancer, right? Never a stripper. And even now, it's like I, ha- I, I like I coach myself on. It. I'm like, okay, like, like, you know, you're going on this podcast. It's called Yes, a Stripper. Are you still yeah. struggling with being called a stripper? It's just, it's like a psychological hiccup. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm not opposed to it, and sure. I, I don't like. Like in theory, it's great. Like I think it's a great word, and it's a sexy word, and I mm-hmm. love the word. But I still trip over it. I still just have this little hiccup where I'm like, stripper. You know, like <laughs> isn't that funny? Yes. Do you have any idea why? Have you unpackaged that at all? I mean, I think it's because of the place where I started eleven years ago was like defined itself as not being a strip club, even though it was like a topless place that had pasties. Okay. Which is like more naked than I am at at, Jumbo's. Ju- at Jumbo's. But like it was this it was this beautiful fantasy land yeah. um that shaped so much of who I am it, as a dancer but then also as a, a person and it just defined itself as not being a strip club. Were you selling lap dances? No. 
Okay, so you were just performing. Yeah, it was just performing. But like you on stage. We're on the pole, you're wearing the shoes, you're mm. twerking. Well, we weren't allowed to twerk. What? I know. I discovered my love of twerking at Jumbo. Yeah, yo, <laughs> you're one of the best twerkers. Coming from you. No, you oh your ass God. is like amazing <laughs> things. You're really good at it. Thank so you. it's funny, like, oh how repressed you poor thing. I was. In a oh, way, no. I definitely was. <laughs> okay, so but you were you getting down to thongs and you were dancing seductively? We were in yeah, what were well, yeah, what was the underwear situation? Yeah, I think we would go down to thongs. It was like thongs and pasties, but we weren't allowed to get on the floor. Like we couldn't crawl. No floor work. No floor work. You, you had to because like it, that wasn't oh my like God, my brain sophisticated. Hurts. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. But it was like it was like you know how people say, or I don't know if you've heard this, but you know how people say like Jumbo's is like the Disneyland of strip clubs. At least I've heard that. No, the only <laughs> and the only one that that I remember is Jumbo's Clown Room, where strippers go to die. Oh yeah, which yeah. That ended in two thousand and nine or ten. Yeah, people stop saying that. Yeah, I've, heard um, that I've never heard the Disneyland of sh- no. I think I, I'm pretty sure that that's wanna... been said to me. Like I definitely it's have disgusting. it in my head for a reason. No, but so my my point there was. If like, okay, like people say that, but the place where I started, that was really the, that was really the Disneyland. Because it was just so like, it was so copacetic, you know? Was this in like a different state? Yeah, I was in Baltimore. Okay. It was in Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yikes. I know. And And I don't want to trash it because like it was, it was a big part of. Yeah. No, I know. Like, but. I mean, it's, it it is a little, it is a little ridiculous, but I, my heart, my, I just, it doesn't exist anymore. So it's no longer a place, but Mm -hmm. like I, I, a a big part of my heart is still there. Okay. But yeah, that it it was, it was different. It was different. I'm sure it sounds very different. I mean, no floor work. My God. I know. So I didn't know. 70% of my routine. We used to practice in the dressing room where no one could see us. We would like get on all fours and like you know do like this crazy version of twerking like this is how you do it and like teach each other put your back into it yeah like that is not how you twerk (laughs) i know (laughs) but we called it like the hurricane or something we're like teach me how to do the hurricane oh (laughs) my god you guys are so funny were you a bunch of white girls yes yeah wow (laughs) yeah Uh, mostly eastern eastern european girls okay Gotcha. And then me. Um, so <laughs> when you started tripping, like, did you see that as like a platform for you to pursue other arts and, and things in your life that you wanted? Oh, yeah. F- yeah, for sure. And I think like that was something that I discovered more and more. Like when I started, it was like I thought I hit the jackpot because I had just gotten out of college and I loved college because I got to study gender and women and sexuality. And like, that was what I majored in. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh. <laughs> You're going to say, I loved college because I get topless at frat parties. <laughs> Ew. I mean, isn't that what well, we college didn't, girls do? We I don't know. We didn't have 
frats at no. my college, okay. which is one of the reasons why I chose that college. Right. But I was the one throwing the parties that everyone would get naked at. Exactly. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew that about you. And that All was right. my like, that was my whole bag. Like. It would be like, oh, go over to Megan's house. She's having one of her, I would call it like these like deviant parties. Like, I'm having a deviant party on Friday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we would all like, like dress up in like fishnets and corsets and like crazy costumes. And then like at a certain time of the night when like everyone was like feeling good, everyone's drunk and like we're listening to our favorite music and like ever like everyone just got naked. So you just basically made your own strip club. Yes. And then when I gra- and then I so I graduated I'm like, well, what am I going to do with this degree in women, gender and sexuality studies? And I'm like, I know. Okay, so listen. <laughs> so there is this ad in Craigslist. Okay. And I I will remember this ad forever until I die. Okay. This ad was Non-traditional exotic club seeks entertainers. Are you creative? Are you looking to be more creative? <laughs> and I was like, what does wow. any of that mean? Yeah. And then so obviously I answered it. Obviously. <laughs> and it was Must this, know more. <laughs> it was this club. <laughs> and I like showed up and it was these like beautiful girls in like tutus and corsets like doing like little twirls around a pole. And I was like... This is my this is my life now. Wow. Yeah. Craigslist. So so to answer your question, I think I kind of got away from it. But so that was my post college like gig. And then at the same time I was like teaching like theater at like an after school program in Baltimore and I was working at a coffee shop and I was doing like all these plays and I was doing children's theater and like oh. community theater. Like I was doing all this other stuff. You're busy. But then this was like my creative outlet. Sure. And it wasn't even really the money at that point, which I know is hilarious, but like we didn't really make a lot of money there. Sure. It was a weird truck stop that like people stopped in and they had no idea what it was because it like wasn't a strip club. Wow. It was just this weird like anomaly. And they're like, why? And you made money by tips on stage, I'm assuming. We actually would make money by walking around and talking to the patrons and then asking them for a tip. It was like, it was like they very direct on stage. No. Cause the stage was separated by the bar. It was like, there was like, as if like the, so were like, you behind the bartenders. Yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Well, at the time it was like, I didn't know anything different. It's like, it didn't bother me. Yeah. It was like, whatever. I despise it. And I think so it's we would like go around to everyone. So be like, cool. Hi, how's it going? You're having a good night. Great. Would you like to tip me for my dance? And then they give would, me money now. Yeah. And, and, that, <laughs> and like, I just loved that. Like, and like, no one was like off the hook, you know, like everyone who's sitting there watching you at least has to engage with you. And like, they have to like either choose to give you a dollar or more than a dollar or no dollar. And then like deal with you right there. Be like, oh, hmm. Have a good night. You know what I mean? So like it's egg (laughs) for those of you who can't see my face. It's not a happy one because you like literally are like, hi, did you like my show? Can you tip me? And they could very well be like, yeah, you know, but then like we just get them kicked out, which this is why we made no money. (laughs) Like this is like this was how it was set up. I can see why they're not open anymore. I know. Got it. That's a shame. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, when you put so many regulations on how women should move their body, and then that sounds like their own like classification of and their own 
was it subjective when it's your own personal opinion yeah. on how so it's like but like floor work can be whatever classy not classy is just so um unfair i think because again it's all subjective what mm-hmm. you think is class and who fucking cares also because now you're just creating a class system of women and by mm-hmm. creating a class system you're marginalizing groups of people who are doing something that you deem as bad and then by marginalizing those people, you're putting them in danger because it's like, oh, well, those women are bad. And so therefore I can judge them and potentially treat them like shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it sounds like they were like the antithesis of that. Like don't do floor work and don't twerk because that's only what bad, dirty, gross women do. Mm-hmm. And we're not like them. Mm-hmm. And that that's exactly like one of the topics that I like to talk about on the show is how why classifying women from each other and even we class even I've heard sex workers classify each other and by doing that by saying this one thing is right and this one thing is wrong Mm -hmm. then it's okay to be shitty to these people who are being wrong right right Uh, yeah and I think I think it took some time to undo well I guess I'm still (laughs) I'm still working on it yeah I mean we're born into this way of thinking and believing Mm -hmm. and one of the things I talk about a lot too is I love the term gaslighting yeah I just love that term and we have been gaslit since yeah. we're infants yeah. and I mean you're we're gaslit in grocery stores you go in the, it's like the magazines at the checkout I swear that was somebody's whoever's in charge of gaslighting that was their amazing idea they're like let's put magazines at grocery store checkout so everyone has to see that you should look like this actress or this singer you you should try buy all the things that mm-hmm. they wear on their face and on their bodies but if you act like them we're going to tell you you're being slutty and and we're going to leave comments and tell you you're a whore and that oh what does your dad think about you but also but buy a cover girl buy these clothes Mm -hmm. but if you act like this and do what they're doing we're gonna it just Mm -hmm. like cycles well and it's like you know it's the cover of like what's the like a really nice one like vogue vogue and then like national Enquirer. it's like yeah transgressive women get the National Enquirer right. headline. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Or like, look at how fat and old she is now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that horrible? I hate. I Don't hate. be like her. Those people who make oh, that. It's awful. That, ma- that magazine should just right. stop. Right. So that's like, you know, that's the gaslighting that we've been growing up with. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, I need to be young and beautiful all the time. And mm-hmm. I have to get all this this like plastic surgery and all this shit in my face. Like I do Botox, like whatever. I don't, you know, I don't care, but like, it's so, it's so offensive that I'm actually losing my train of thought thinking about all these flashes and (laughs) images going through my head about all the shit we deal with. And it's like, and now if I, if I don't look like this and I start freaking out, then I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh, well you're just crazy. Oh, you're hysterical. So it's like, we can't win no matter what we do. We're constantly under a microscope. We're constantly, constantly being pressured. And then we're constantly being forced to police ourselves and therefore each other. Mm -hmm. Because if you're policing yourself and you see someone next to you, you're like, oh, you're kind of being slutty. Like, because you don't want to associate with that. Mm -hmm. And so now it's just like gaslighting and um, classification all happening all at once from literally the day we're born. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, you're having a hard time calling yourself a stripper. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I started stripping technically uh, when I was like 18 in my friend's house uh, in New Jersey. You know, that one night. And there's no way in hell I would have called myself a stripper in that moment. I was nude. In front of my friends in a well-lit living room. 
And, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometime. That's what a house call stripper does. <laughs> okay. The only difference was I did not get paid for it. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, thank you for letting me rant. Girl, I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, what's it going to take for you to get comfortable calling yourself a stripper? Um, I, I mean, I feel like. I feel like I'm making significant progress actually like lately. Like I really feel, I feel with a lot of the activism that's going on mm. in the, in the community and in the climate. And when you say community, you mean sex worker community? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so sex worker community. Um, some, sometimes specifically like stripper community. Sure. But like also like, you know, things online and just like, um, like, you know, and, you know, and I have, I have feelings about like SESTA FOSTA mm. and like, you know, sex workers being in danger from these laws. And then, yeah. you know, and yeah. And then also slut shaming and coming from men and then all, but also women, like what you're talking right. about, like classifications of other women that you deem like beneath you. And like, so, you know, for a long time, I was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm an ally. I'm an ally. I'm a sex worker ally. I'm a, you know, and then it was like, I'm a stripper ally. I'm a, you know, like just when I was putting things out like publicly, uh-huh. y- you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. especially on like Facebook. Yeah. But I think like when I hit like 10 years, like 10 years dancing, which was like last year and I was getting the word out about my show. So I wrote a one woman show mm-hmm. that deals with um, autobiographical elements from my life about being, well, okay, <laughs> listen. So the, <laughs> the subtitle of the show, I say exotic dancer, but I wonder if I should change it. And like, actually I was having this conversation yesterday okay. with someone who's like, oh, you call yourself an exotic dancer and I'm like yeah and 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 then I started to explain I'm like it's because of this baggage and I'm working on it you know yeah (laughs) but so I so 10 years so 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 last year what was my 10 10th year of dancing and so I was getting the word out about my show that was like me coming out on like Facebook to like my friends and family like okay so you've seen you know like posts of me like half naked or like pole dancing and like you know I like did this play where I was a pole dancer and you know that I like do burlesque but like okay like let's just say it like let's just get it out like I work as an exotic dancer that's what I do you know and that was yeah. like a big deal for me really really and like you know I after I, like, 10 years after 10 years And just to, like, put it publicly, like, to my entire community. And I think Instagram's, like, a little bit different. But, like, Facebook in particular with, like, you know, my aunts and uncles and stuff. And I was, like, yeah, I was, like, here we go. And, like, pressing the, like, publish, you know, I was, like, sweating. And I turned to Jan and I was, like, oh, my God, I'm about to, like, come out. Yeah, (laughs) that is pretty interesting. I have a question for you. If, If Jumbos was a topless club, would you have still worked there? Yes. Okay. Okay, because you, I used to get so irritated with you um, <laughs> secretly because you used to, you would pull your shorts down a lot mm-hmm. so that we would see your thong, mm-hmm. and that's not allowed at Jumbo's. Yeah, correct. But listen, I'm not going to lie. I had my own issues surrounding stripping and the term exotic dancer and being a sex worker, and I came from the nude strip clubs in Los Angeles where shit got really gnarly Mm -hmm. um you know there's a long history of how the strip clubs in los angeles got to the way they are there's a lot of illegal stuff going on in there 
that used to bother me. And now I think everyone's safer doing it indoors, but it just has to be reframed. It, it has to be, it does have to be taken care of. My point is, is because there were a lot of dancers willing to do more than what was legally, you know, what was black and white, um, you know, men are so stupid. So if you don't, and I love you, but <laughs> if you don't explain to them explicitly, this is what you need to do here and this is how you treat people, then they just make up their own rules. And so long story short, I was getting grabbed, poked, licked, bitten on. I got com- I got cummed on once by accident. It's a long story. I'll tell that another time. Mm-hmm. But it was getting really assaulty. Mm-hmm. And so I left the nude strip clubs and, you know, I, I, made, I had a whole plan to get out and go to Jumbo's Clown Room because I thought, mm, this seems like a happy place where um, – I won't have to dance noon. I won't have to hustle lap dances, but I still get to do what I love, which Mm -hmm. was dance. And then, so I was really strict and I was strict with the other dancers and I didn't want the other dancers doing things that put us in the same class Mm -hmm. as the other clubs in LA. Yeah. And so when I saw dancers like you pulling your shorts down really far to show your thong, I'm like, that's not what we do here, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. I was policing myself and projecting onto policing the rest of you and judging you in my mind. And I remember Sandy, I don't know if you ever worked with Sandy. Do you remember her? Sandy was um, an Israeli woman and she was very beautiful and she might have left before you came and she was Mm. very sexual and I had a lot of problems with her because she pushed the boundaries so hard. Oh, I don't think I knew her. Yeah. And then so when I, so, but as time went on and the more I unraveled my own issues with the patriarchy and with classification and with slut shaming, I was like, yeah, I want to see your thong, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, you were really pushing the envelope before a lot of people were by dropping your shorts really low so we could see a lot of your ass crack Mm -hmm. and so that's why I'm also like when you're sitting here telling me I have a hard time calling myself a stripper I'm like bitch you got more (laughs) nude than most of us oh my god yes that's so funny because I like yeah I like don't yeah I don't know I I I don't even think of it like that like like because I've worked so for example I work I mean, I, I don't currently, but I have worked at topless places before, but so this is a funny thing about me and it goes back to the place in Baltimore, which shaped me in a lot of ways for good and for bad. But I, even when I worked at topless places, I always without and without exception for 11 years, decorate my nipples so that I don't feel nude. So that like I have the like illusion of pasties. I just put like glitter or like little stickers or like basically like, yeah, like like little gems or little stickers or glitter to like okay. make them kind of like sparkly and like forever. I mean, I, I would never work a shift okay without that. And even when I travel and I work at places like that, I still do that. That mm. is a, still a real thing. Mm. And it's because like I feel too nude without it. Mm-hmm. And I... I just, it's just like a comfort level thing. So it's funny. A little bit of glitter. It's fu- Yes. You feel covered up. <laughs> but it's funny that you say that like, <laughs> oh, like you're more nude because I always feel like I think of myself differently than that. So that's just interesting. Like I just, I'm like, now I'm just digesting what you said because yeah. I'm just like, oh no, I I always feel like I'm the most covered up because I do little things like that because it's like, oh, I know I feel more comfortable like having a little decoration (laughs) like sort of like I'm wearing pasties but I'm not like it's still my nipple but right 
yeah. yeah I mean there's that there's so much there you've been doing this for 10 years and and you just and and I'm saying it not in a way that's like I can't believe you think that it's like I'm more just curious and intrigued by that because I think that's something that we all live with in varying degrees in like different parts of our bodies and um and it just I guess what is kind of like I see as a roadblock it's just like how do we get past that how do we just accept our bodies for how they are and that like we have just as right to show our bodies off as men do mm-hmm. and like I I can't stand seeing a man topless outside anymore during the day. Mm. I, I'm offended and I'm mostly offended because, um, I can't even be like that on a digital platform where people can choose whether or not to see that. Mm -hmm. And they're just walking outside with their shirt off. Mm -hmm. I got cat called by a man on a porch one day and he was, he was topless. I like, I'd rather call him topless than shirtless. Yeah. Um, and I, wa- I was walking past him and he was cat calling me and I was like, put some clothes on. <laughs> I shamed him for not wearing clothes outside. You know? That's <laughs> it was, brilliant. Cause I was so fucking irritated. First of all, you have no clothes on and you're cat calling me, which is even worse yeah. than having clothes on because you're like, you know, that's just very like rape culture style. Like yeah. you're you're too close to being naked to me. Yeah. You know, and you're yeah. and you're sexualizing. And it's me. almost like mocking. Like Yeah, too. you're mocking like, you're mocking me because I have a shirt on and you don't. Yeah. And you're sexualizing me without your clothes on. Mm. And so I was I was yeah. highly irritated. And um and but when I see like men running outside with their um with their shirts off i just do that like emoji with the eyes the eyes as lines like yeah (laughs) yeah my eyes kind of shift from side to side as i watch them go by (laughs) i can picture this so irritating (laughs) (laughs) shit um thumbs down so okay so you do you're doing this one woman show let's talk a little bit about what you're up to outside of the strip club um which is being an amazing actor Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had actually like a pretty successful year in 2019. Um, as far as like acting stuff goes, it was sort of uh, and like uh, not even necessarily that I was working more than usual. It was just like things kind of like things bloomed at the same time, mm. like the fruit dropped at the same time. And I'm like, this is so much abundance, you know, yeah. it's just how it happens sometimes. Mm. But Here's hoping 2020 is going to pull it out, too. Yeah. Even better. Pull it out? Yes, here's hoping. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you can't set me up like that. <laughs> I know. You know what I, mean? I know. Uh, all right, go ahead. Um, and now I'm like slut-shaming your joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I did um, I did a Western movie uh, mm-hmm. that premiered and had like a, like a limited release. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually got to see it in a theater twice, once in California. And then it had like a, a separate premiere in, um, believe it or not, my mom's hometown of Poughkeepsie, New York. Yeah. Because the lead actor in this movie is also from Poughkeepsie. And so, and he's the producer on it. And so he organized with, 
um, like the press and this movie theater there to have this little like premiere and I got yeah. to go because like my family's all there so that's really great that I was did see awesome. your posts regarding that that yeah. was really cool to yeah. see my, I made it me and my mom <laughs> both made it into the Poughkeepsie journal it was like yeah. it was a really great moment like my mom you know like she, her like high school friends are calling her like that's amazing. did you see the paper like <laughs> did you guys have a red carpet um you know what the carpet in the movie theater was red. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. But, yeah, it was, like, a sweet, sweet, tiny little theater. Very like nice. Very, like, hometown. Very cute. Okay. It was a great experience. Okay. Um, And then, so, and then, like, the the glamorous, uh, the, my glamour story is um, another premiere that was actually a, a movie that I had shot, I think, four years ago. Um, called Mermaid Down mm -hmm. and that had a really like snazzy premiere at the Grove and there was like a red carpet red. and like it yeah. was that was like one of my favorite days of, of my life because okay. it was like a project that meant so much to me and the people on that project were so amazing mm -hmm. and like I have kept in touch with them for yeah. four years as we're like wow. waiting for this movie to come out and you know we were just kind of supporting each other through that like it's kind of rough when like a lot of us four years ago we were just starting out like these are a lot of young actors and like yeah to wait four years for your first big project to come out was was kind of stressful but yeah. like we would we would call each other up we would talk online we would like you were get, a support group we for were, each other. Yeah, we were a support group. For, and like, yeah. for like, like you know, like, let's Hi, my just... name is Megan, and it's been three years <laughs> since I started working on this movie. Oh, my God. I just realized <laughs> how ridiculous that sounds. What am I even saying? This was a real thing, but I feel ridiculous. <laughs> Today I'm receiving my three-year chip for not having had this project done. Oh my god. Feel really good about this. And then it Thanks, and then guys. it did and then it like yeah. it had this great premiere and like we got to celebrate it and it was just it was lovely. It got amazing reviews like nice. It's like a it's like an indie fantasy horror thriller. Um, okay. I don't know. That's a lot of genres, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's somewhere in there. I, my brain was like, boom, boom, <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Okay. Got and, it. Um, yeah, it was really great. So yeah, anyway, I, I'm just pr really proud of those two projects and like they kind of happened like in succession with each other and it just, nice. it felt, it was like a good moment. What about the Dear Woman project? Yes. Let's talk about that. So yes. that's something that I've seen in person. Yes. Your one woman play. Yeah. And have another one coming up soon. Yeah. So tell us like the inspiration for that and just like a little synopsis of what that's about. Yeah. Oh, I would love to. So, so this is a project that I have had in my, in my, somewhere in my head for years. Um, and, uh basically it's 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 sort of two worlds it's like there's the world of uh, exotic dancing slash stripping there's a world of stripping I said it and <laughs> there's like this kind of fantasy world and like yeah. that's kind of how I've always been I have like one foot in reality one foot in like fantasy world that's mm -hmm. kind of me the matrix yeah Got right okay. yeah <laughs> and and so for me, this fantasy world, uh, uh, this this mythological creature emerged from this fantasy world in 2012. This is a this is a true story. This is what the play is about. I literally had a vision in a dream about this like 
mythological persona called the deer woman and it was Mm -hmm. a woman and she had had antlers and she was the most beautiful powerful scary thing i've ever seen Mm. and it got chills yeah and it Mm. made a really significant impact on me and has has influenced my art making process from that moment on so that was in 2012 and then like almost everything i do artistically relates back to the deer woman Mm. and so i i wanted to explore in a theatrical piece what she does for me in that other world in the world of stripping Mm -hmm. because she she's there like she's in me and she's in the world but like specifically she manifests herself in me in these moments Mm -hmm. and I wanted to write a story about that so I know that sounds kind of like woo but um basically the story of the play chronicles how I reconcile my love of dancing and my love of the world of stripping and the incremental small injustices and violences that accrue over time Mm -hmm. and build into Mm -hmm. this rage Mm -hmm. and how I deal with it with the help of this like alter ego, Mm -hmm. like persona that sometimes if I'm overwhelmed, if I can't handle something, this sort of persona swoops in, takes over, mm. takes care of business. So it's like, so it's part reality, it's part fantasy. So it's right. like, you know, the fantasy is like, she comes in and like, you know, so, some injustice is happening and like the dear woman's going to take care of it. And like, yeah. She's going to like eat a heart. Well, it sounds, <laughs> like, it sounds like the fantasy is just like the image that you have of her, but in actuality, she is your reality because she is the strength that you find to deal with Mm -hmm. these things that you're dealing with. And so just like the image of her, like obviously women can't grow antlers on their heads. I mean, please take me to that world where that exists. I know it does sound amazing. I know. And I just like (laughs) drop my head down and run really fast. I know. Into something, someone. (laughs) Um, So, but yeah, I think that's really powerful. And I, there was a part, you know, am I allowed to talk about when you walk out and okay, I don't just want to give anything away. So there's, when you walk out in and you're like, finally reveal yourself as the dear woman, it's just like so powerful. And I was like, so amazed by your shoes, like your hoof shoes. Yeah. Um, and I think it's cause I've spent so many years like, you know, clippity clop, like we look like show ponies yes and so you know horses are similar to deer so i was just so fascinated by your shoes and your legs and how you actually like looked like half beast half woman which i think a lot of us are like we are beasts you know like we're we can get crazy when something's really going down like either crazy focus or crazy strong or crazy crazy yeah to save ourselves so yeah i don't know i just thought it was such a great metaphor for um finding strength from within to be able to deal with like you said incremental Mm -hmm. injustices that happen to us all on a regular basis Mm -hmm. as women yeah and so and so slight on Mm -hmm. occasion that we don't even notice yeah yeah that we're being fucked with yeah yeah and then and and all of our all of our sort of in club defense mechanisms are like to like diffuse and like to ignore and to you know distract like it it's very rarely at least for me it's always been very very rarely like confronting a feeling head-on or like confronting an injustice head-on and so that like with 
imagining the dear woman as as this sort of helpful like deity Mm. it helped me and it helps me do that and like and look at something head on Mm. antler antlers on (laughs) antlers on head on Mm -hmm. and like and deal with something and tell someone to stop or like enforce your boundaries or Mm. or stand up for someone or or something you know like whatever's yeah. going on it's like totally it's t- like really yeah standing up you just reminded me of this one day where i was walking down hollywood boulevard which you know it can be yeah. crazy as fuck you know it was broad daylight and this woman i didn't know her and she was walking towards me like we were gonna cross paths and i was looking at her and looking at the look on her face which was like browed furrow browed and this, this kind of like you know, she was really irritated. And then I looked over her shoulder and I saw a very tall man walking behind her doing the thing like, mm. hey, girl, like what? Like, come and talk to me. Like, what's your number? Like, to, you know, like getting close to her and like just harassing her as she's walking down the street. Mm-hmm. And my natural instinct was as soon as she passed me, I sidestepped right in front of him and I said, leave her alone. Like got right in his face and didn't even think for a second yeah. about the consequences to me or my body. It was just like instinct kicked in, like similar to what we're talking about. Yeah. Like I just got crazy, like just crazy angry at this guy. I said, leave her alone. And then I sidestepped back out and then I kept <laughs> yeah. walking and he did. He stopped and he turned around and he started yelling at me. But he didn't follow me, but he it stopped him from doing what he was doing to her. Mm-hmm. And and I think one of the reasons I what I did was assess my situation very quickly. I'm like, mm, it's broad daylight. There's a lot of people around. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. the worst that could happen? Yeah. A lot of bad things could have happened. But I didn't really take that into consideration because I saw somebody, mm-hmm. another woman in distress. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't stand yeah. by and watch it happen. And I would even say. I mean, I don't know. I definitely won't speak for everyone. But for me, like, I would even say, like, sometimes seeing an injustice happening to another woman triggers that much Mm. easier than it happening to you. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, for sure. And, And that's, I think, what I'm what I'm always working on is like how to there's all kinds of shit to work on. yeah <laughs> all day every day oh and i do want to say i just want to say about that really quick that it's directed by valerie hager oh great and she was one of the main inspirations for me actually like getting it out into the world and out of my head this sure. idea yeah because i saw a solo show that she did about her life as a stripper and she stripped for over 10 years and she wrote this incredible one woman show. And then I saw it with some of our friends. Um, and it changed my life. A hundred percent changed my life. Mm-hmm. And it, and that, and I bring that up because of our theme that we're coming back to. And like, I just saw, I was like, oh my God, like this isn't just a girl on stage, like expressing like, oh, I need to express myself and, you know, this my this is my performance art and I'm doing it for my own soul you know it was like it was like you know just top tier artistic integrity and like in like incredibly entertaining and sold out and award-winning show called it's called naked in Alaska yeah I I had a feeling it was something with Alaska yeah got it and it was I remember hearing about it I never got to see it well hopefully hopefully she'll have it she'll do it again yeah in LA 
Um, awesome. But I know she was like running it for a while. And mm-hmm. that, and so that also just spoke to me like, if you have, if, if you can turn this, you know, because we're all creative, artistic people, like mm-hmm. and if we can find a way to turn it into like a brand and a product that's like actually good, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, doors open for that kind of thing. So she, yeah. she has since like, after me has sort of become like a director of female solo shows and like that's like her path right now and it's so like I'm so now we like inspire each other and I'm still working with her on this show but that sounds amazing so yeah looking at her I get a lot of amazing ideas of like how to transition or like what that looks like or like yeah that's beautiful yeah I love that thank you yeah right on Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's Stripper Tips. You know, first, the first thing that came to mind when 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 you said st- Stripper Tips is... <laughs> Are you okay? Is your brain, uh, like, I know. Skipping? I can't. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> st- 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 stripper Tips. Stripper Tips. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that came to mind is personality on stage okay which you have a lot of yeah Mm -hmm. and I just it I feel it working for me and I just I have the sense that it could work for anybody and like I know that some women totally make great money having this other you know like not as much sort of like outward personality but like more of like a simmering vampy, you yes. know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have people so like, in mind. Yeah. It can totally work another way. But for me, I feel like a performance can only be improved by personality. Okay. So that's, so I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, I've been doing this for 11 years and that's like above like learning tricks above like what you wear mm. above, like how you actually move. Like, People literally say to me every single day that that I work like, oh, I just really liked you because you smiled and made eye contact. Mm -hmm. That's literally it. Like Mm -hmm. and then like there was that one day there was this one day that like the pole literally broke and we were all like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? (laughs) And there were the girls who like all they do is pole tricks and they don't make eye contact and they don't smile and they were freaked out. And I was like guys, we'll be fine. Like <laughs> all you have to do is just prance around and look at people and smile at them. And like, it's we, really hard for some people. It's really hard. But like, actually like we made really good money that night and like girls were trying that out. And I think it was kind of like nice. a fun experiment because there was literally nothing else to do. You right. literally couldn't do what you normally do. Got it. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's a good tip. Okay. Yeah. I like that tip. Yeah. That's really nice. I agree <laughs> with you. I did. I, I do a lot of eye contact Mm-hmm. And smiling as well. And what I tell people is um, people want to not just be seen, but they want for you to see them, like to really see them. Mm-hmm. And they want you to they want to feel like you are trying to get to know them mm-hmm. when you're on stage mm-hmm. and just by certain types of looks, because you're not just you're not just looking and smiling. You're like being playful and moving around and like kind of enticing them into your world mm-hmm. and so that's the real difference that's more than personality that i've seen from yes you. yeah it's about like real human connection yeah that's yeah i, I like yeah. i like how you said that yeah that's nice that's what i'm here for get ready for our rapid fire question round it's time 
for four for one. Who's your favorite stripper hero? Probably Valerie. Okay. Valerie Hager. If being topless outside were legal, would you free the nips? Faster. I think so. Yes. With glitter. (laughs) (laughs) In bed, are you a freak, a dead fish, or somewhere in between? Oh, probably somewhere in between. I wish I was more of a freak. Okay. But sometimes I, yeah. Wait, what? Wait. That's fine. No, you, you answered it. Yeah. You can be more of a freak whenever you want, by the way. It's it's your it's your body, your choice. I know, mm-hmm. I right. know, I know. Last one. Sexting. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. It's hot. I don't like sexting. It's just a lot of work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like sexual emojis. Well, it's better as like foreplay, not just like sexting. But you have to understand, like when, when I go away to do a show mm-hmm. in Florida and I'm gone for a couple months, like sexting is all we have. <laughs> You know, all right. You could just <laughs> masturbate, but I well, hear yeah, you. Well, <laughs> yeah, you do. They all go together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, I'm not a fan, and I'm not judging you. I'm not <laughs> slut shaming you for wanting to sex with your husband. But yeah, am I allowed to talk about your husband on air? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Some people I don't know. Oh yeah, private. Yeah. So where can we learn more about you? Following you, name of your show. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, I am. On Instagram, um, my full name is Megan Rippy, so it's just at Megan Rippy. Okay. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I have like a Facebook actor page that, okay. that, that you can like. It's my full name, Megan Teresa Rippy. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you to all of you for tuning in. This has been Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Tell your friends. Tune in next time. Thanks so much. Hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Yes, a Stripper Podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.